This TFMR podcast is brought to you by your friends at JM Bullion. Visit jmbullion.com for all your gold and silver bullion needs. Well, greetings and happy holidays out there to everybody at TFMR. Hey, we're getting close to the end of 2022, and this is probably your last special podcast of the year. And it's one I wanted to go back and uh, and double back over because uh, I think you all know how excited I am about the prospects for uranium. I've got some uh, diversified, uh, we call it diversification in my holdings by holding some uranium stocks. I think you all know how excited Rick Rule is about uranium. And one of the companies that I own and continue to hold and continue to buy on dips is really, really unique in the sector. And it's called Uranium Royalty Corp. You probably first heard about that company here in earlier podcasts. But if not, hey, here's your chance to get reacquainted or acquainted with the company. I've got Scott Melby on the line. Scott, a long time uh, uranium industry um, leader and uh, has just been around that sector for so long that now to have him run a company like Uranium Royalty Corp uh, really is a coup. And it's great to know that uh, he's on our side. It's great to know he's a friend of the site. So, Scott, thank you for spending some time with me again. Well, hey, Craig, it's great to be on with your listeners. And uh, yeah, it's going on 39 years in uranium and nuclear energy. So uh, I'm needless to say, I'm very excited about what's what's going on these days and happy to kind of unpack some of the developments with nuclear and, and the uranium market fundamentals. Yeah, uh, 39 years, my friend, you know, uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of companies, you know, the market in and out, and you've seen it all the ups and the downs. And now we're swinging back up. Um, before we get to uh, to discuss Uroy specific, and I call it Uroy, that's the symbol, U-R-O-Y, Uranium Royalty Corp. Um, before we get to the specifics of the company, which because I know are just, I just think are dynamite. Let's talk about the year in general, or even if you want the last couple of years in uranium and begin to look forward. Because especially with the advent of the U- Ukraine war this year and the shortages of energy in Europe, you know, and you've got some countries that were going to idle some of their nuclear power plants that are suddenly, you know, having that light bulb moment going, wait a second, what are we doing here? Um, it seems like the fundamentals have been getting stronger. And now as we head into 23, they're going to get even stronger still. How does it look to you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your listeners as resource investors follow very closely the supply and demand fundamentals of various commodities and always looking for you know those supply imbalances. Uh, commodities are either in oversupply or undersupply, but you're always looking uh, to see when those things get out of whack. And I really, and not only do I see this, but most in the uranium industry see a very significant supply squeeze developing. Um, you know, literally in the in in 23, 24, 25. You know, it's really uh, upon us, and it really comes from the nuts and bolts of. Production finally being rationalized in a, in a more disciplined way. Really since 2017, we've seen significant production cuts really make a big difference uh, in, in restricting oversupply to the market. And at the same time, you know, even though Fukushima set back a lot of nuclear programs around the world, we now see nuclear power growing again pretty dramatically. And so the, the demand side is, is going up and increasing. Production is lagging. You know, we consume about 200 million pounds of uranium globally amongst the, some 435 reactors around the world. 
we're only producing about 130 to 140 million annually right now. And that's been the case for a number of years. So we have a, a 50 to, to, to 80 million pound uh, gap each year drawing on secondary supplies. And obviously they were significant because they've pretty much balanced the market in recent years, but we're now getting to a point where those inventories are gone. We've seen speculative interest come in from folks like uh, Sprott Physical Uranium Trust, UEC has been purchasing Uranium Royalty, Yellow Cake, other, other junior companies. We've basically been buying um, on, a, on a speculative basis, buying Uranium off the market and helping that rebalance accelerate even further. So even without geopolitical events, you would have a commodity which has uh, gone into balance and falling into shortfall and deficit in the coming years. But then you layer on the things that you mentioned, like the transition to green energy, which frankly has not gone very smoothly. And it really comes down to energy policies that have been based more on ideology and not enough on math and science. Uh, wind and solar is, is great for about 30% of the time, but 70% of the time it's not operating. So we need yeah. to be looking to other sources. Nuclear is as clean and carbon free as wind and solar, but it runs 95% of the time, 24 seven. So that's really helped gain broad-based acceptance for nuclear, not just amongst the political right, but on the left and right, environmentalists, industrialists, all agreeing that nuclear has a place in the fit. And then the, the, the horrible appalling events in Ukraine and Russia's invasion of, of that country has really highlighted the importance of energy independence and not relying on countries that don't share your values or interests, not relying on them for critical minerals, or energy commodities, just ask uh, Germany how that's going. And that's really shined a light on uranium from stable jurisdictions. So when I wear my Uranium Energy Corp hat, where we're focused in Texas, Wyoming, and Saskatchewan, Canada, that's by design. We wanna produce from stable jurisdictions that aren't under the influence of Russia and China. Um, but it, it uh, also uh, really uh, emphasizes how important it is uh, to, to have uranium developed in the Western sphere of influence, whether it's Australia, Canada, US, uh, parts of Africa as well. So uranium royalties, uh, looking at that and uh, wanting to invest in royalties on behalf of our investors uh, that are in those stable jurisdictions and, and we'll see growth here in the coming years. So we just really have a, uh, I know it's hard to, to imagine, uh, we, we, we're looking at interest rates and inflation and war in Europe, that there could be a positive uh, story out of all this. But I think of all the commodities, uranium is probably as well positioned as any commodity going into 2023. Well, and I think it's easy for people to think, well, it's uranium and 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 try to have it kind of parceled in their head that it's somehow different from the rest of the commodities. But at the end of the day, it's, it's really the same kind of story of just uh, supply and demand, demand going up, and supply, they're just not being enough. And in your case, like you said, supply deficits of uranium. Uh, and 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 Scott, I've I've read some of the biggest producers of uranium, even even with prices having risen and kind of stabilized, you know, between $45, $50 a pound, that there are a lot of big producers that are still losing money at those prices. Is that right? Yeah, it's um, you know, the uranium price has gone up from its, you know, the the cycle low was in November 2016 at $17 a pound. We're now trading at 48 to $50 a pound. That is obviously a very impressive increase, but it's still not at the level that incentivizes even the best uranium mines around the world, wow. which is probably 60 or, or higher. 
And, uh, you know, obviously inflation has impacted that, uh, you know, threshold might've been $50 a pound a couple of years ago, but uh, with inflation and price of everything going up, that threshold is, is, is higher. So um, as investors in a resource space, you love these kind of situations where even though the uranium price is going up, you don't have a, a big response of supply coming into the market. There are some mines on standby or in late stages of development that can come on to, to help meet the demand, but the gap is much bigger than that. So I think uh, if you recall the uranium bull market of you know 2005 to you know 2007 and really continuing through 2010, um, I think the fundamentals on this this market cycle are probably much stronger and have much more staying power. Mm -hmm. And a big one is that bipartisan support. I mean, if nuclear power plants don't have you know half the world fighting to to block them and obstruct them going forward, but instead everyone's kind of joining hands and saying, "Yeah, let's build more nuclear." It's it could be shocking how much growth that we see even over and above the current projections. Yeah. And, and again, I want to remind everybody too, I, I look at this, I've got, you know, everybody knows I've got this IRA full of mining shares and I don't know what I have, five, 8% in uranium stocks. And one of them is yours, Uranium Royalty Corp. Mm -hmm. And I look at it, one is kind of a diversica diversification play. Um, but, it, you know, and, and it's more of a longer term thing. You know, I remember back in the day, geez, if you could crank out a double in five years, so you're averaging a 14% return, that was fantastic. And now, gosh, if you don't, you know, the way the world is these days, if you don't double your money in 30 days, you know, people think you've got a loser on your hands. Um, I just think that the dynamics, uh, the fun, you know, like we said, the supply demand fundamental dynamics of the story are fantastic. And so if you do diversify, it's like in your mining portfolio, not yours, Scott, but I mean, people that are listening to us, you've got uh, producers, explorers, and royalty companies, so that you're kind of spread across that spectrum a little bit. You're about you were first to the market as a royalty company. Are you still one of the only royalty companies in the uranium sector? Yeah, we are. Um, you know, we really saw the success of Franco Nevada and Wheaton Precious, yep. Sandstorm yep. Royal Gold, and we really wanted to emulate that in 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 founding uranium royalty and getting it kicked off on first on the TSX venture in, in Canada. And now, you know, for a year and a half, we've been trading on the NASDAQ as UROI. It's pretty exciting. Um, you know, we, we are the, the only pure play royalty company in the space, which is, which is great. Yep. Um, we do think that the market for, I mean, we're obviously out there seeking out to buy existing royalties that are on existing mining operations and developments, but we also think that the market's ripe for us to be a capital provider in establishing new royalties. Um, if we are playing catch up on the uranium production side globally, that's going to require billions of dollars of development capital to get these mine developments into production or mm -hmm. mines restarted. Um, obviously, there's going to be debt financing, there's going to be equity financing, but we want to be the component of royalty or streaming financing. And so, you know, we're engaged with uh, developers and producers uh, anywhere from small financings to 30, $50 million even uh, of, of financing in exchange for a stream of physical product from that mine when it produces or a, a royalty of the dollar value of production when it gets into production. We think that's a smart move. Even if equity markets are favorable to doing private equity raises, we think a non-dilutive way where you're basically 
um, carving out some of your future production and, and, and reaping that value today in the form of a royalty is a smart move and certainly uh, can be competitive with interest rates and debt financing that we see in this kind of interest rate environment. And again, for everybody that's listening to this, I mean, think about how this is different from what we've experienced just in the last couple of months in precious metal mining companies and exploration companies. You know, it's been such a tough year for them and they're out there trying to raise cash and diluting their uh, their shareholders by issuing new shares and that type of thing just to rate, you know, just to be able to continue operations. That's not what Uranium Royalty Company does. You're on the other end of that deal. And yeah. so tell everybody a little bit about your balance sheet because part of it includes cash, but you you've been buying actual uranium as well. I think that's a pretty pretty cool thing too. Yeah, we have uh, probably close to 140 million in liquid assets on the balance sheet. That would be uranium in the physical uranium holdings, about 1.6 million pounds. Wow, uh, cash and equity holdings. Now the equity holdings would be directly aligned with our core mandate of, of uranium investing. So we obviously hold shares in Yellow Cake PLC, which we had a foundational shareholding in. Um, we've, we're holding uh, uh, shares in uh, Sprott Physical Uranium Trust and uh, Queens Road Capital, which is a smaller holding there, but it's a, a major shareholder in projects like NextGen and UEC. So um, that's Again, I think I want to emphasize that those are more cash management, uh, although the physical uranium is a nice uh, nice asset on the balance sheet, especially since we acquired these pounds really off the market lows and going into this bull market. But, um, you know, these are all liquid assets that can be liquidated and uh, deployed into the royalty and streaming uh, investments, which are our focus. But we're quite happy to have those Physical uranium holdings at about an average cost of $42 a pound, uh, all held in a warehouse facility uh, in Canada where the utilities all uh, store and buy their, their uranium. So uh, again, we, uh, uh, we just wanna give investors that exposure to the uranium commodity, uh, especially at this, this point in the cycle. Then let's just give those numbers again. 1.6 million pounds of uranium yeah. you got? So just uh, the value of that today, the spot price is $48 a pound. So uh, that that alone is a, a pretty nice holding. And again, we're not eager to sell those pounds, but if we did have to raise uh, you know, $10 million or, or something, it's very easy for us to sell that material in the spot market and turn it to cash. But right now we're quite, quite happy to see that uh, appreciating. I think um, there's, a, there's pretty much a consensus that while we're trading, you know, at around fifty dollars a pound, no one sees these prices uh, prevailing long into twenty twenty three. And we certainly, if we end twenty twenty three, and we're not above sixty dollars a pound in, in the uranium spot market, I'll be surprised. Really, the fundamentals are are all pointing in that direction. Maybe higher. Who knows? Absolutely. So, again, for everyone to understand this, this is not a company that's at risk of you know, pulling the rug out from India and offering 10 million shares out of the blue. This is a different way of going about it. And so it's a royalty company. You're always going to be looking to expand royalties and helping uh, producers of uranium go out and, and produce more. That's your side of that business. What, uh, how many royalty agreements do we have now, Scott? And what yeah, so we're up to, to eight, 18 royalties in the portfolio. We did um, add uh, a couple 
royalties we added this year were on ISR projects in the United States. And they were projects that we already had smaller interests in, but we wanted a bigger interest in them. And that's the two projects, uh, uh, one in uh, very geographically close to each other. One is in uh, eastern, northeastern Wyoming, the Lance Project, operated by Peninsula Energy. And we've also increased our uh, royalty interest in the Dewey Burdock Project, which is an encore project in South Dakota. Hmm. And um, we like US ISR because ISR in the United States really is low cost, scalable, environmentally friendly mining that can can really be some of the early movers in, in this bull market. So we increased our royalty holdings there. We've taken a couple additional royalties on conventional assets from energy fuels and and uh, Western uranium and the Colorado Plateau. Um, we have acquired, we crystallized a royalty on the Don Lake uh, project in, uh, we had an option on that. It's now been exercised uh, in Saskatchewan, Canada. It's on the strike line of uh, some pretty uh, impressive discoveries in, in Saskatchewan in the Athabasca Basin. And then finally, most recently, we just uh, sent formal notification to Cam or uh, sorry to Arano on the Cameco Arano projects, MacArthur River and Cigar Lake, where we have the right to take for at least for the MacArthur River royalty, we have the right to take physical uranium uh, in payment of our, our royalty, mm. which I think is going to be very attractive in a rising market. So we've been busy, but. Um, you know, this is a growth model, and I don't think you need to look at URC and say what you see is what you get. I think you should expect and, and we'll see the portfolio growing. And we're in discussions with a number of parties uh, around the world on, on expanding the portfolio and, and adding uh, additional mining and, and uh, development projects uh, in the mix. So as we flip uh, the calendar and head into 2023, man, Scott, I just... I can't imagine uh, this not being a fundamentally sound year, uh, an exciting year for uranium. Mm -hmm. What what are your concerns though? What are the things that could upset the apple cart? There's you know that I know there's risks you can't manage, but mm -hmm. what, are the, what are the things that stand out to you that you kind of worry a little bit? Well, it doesn't something that doesn't worry me but frustrates me is um, this continued broad market weakness and yeah you know, completely unrelated to the uranium industry. Um, you can blame the Fed, you can blame uh, policies and creating inflation, whatever it is, you know, equity markets are down. And I've seen, you know, uranium equities, you know, kind of go down with the broader stocks in, in a way that they really shouldn't. I mean, right. um, the outlook for uranium as a commodity and, uh, you know, companies like UEC, although UEC has held its own, it's uh, Uranium Energy Corp is, is probably flat on the year, yep, year to date, I own. which is pretty good considering, you know, NASDAQ's down 45% and S&P, God knows how far it's going down here before year end. So, um, but, I, you know, we need to, you know, see that stabilized broader markets, whether it's the S&P down, the DAX or, or, or Hang Seng, these, these markets need to stabilize. But when they do, I mean, I just started to use the term, but I see a rip your face off kind of rally in uranium equities because there's so much undervalue there in the equity uh, share prices right now and such a positive outlook. So let's get that resolved. Um, you know, Ukraine, Russia is, is generally a positive 
for our industry because it's, uh, you know, in the United States Senate right now um, and, and House, they're uh, trying to finalize a budget bill or, or continuing resolution to yep. continue to fund the U.S. government by next Friday. In those discussions, there are um, uranium ban, various amendments and versions of a uranium ban from Russia. Uh, that would be very positive in just sending the signals that North American suppliers, um, you know, uh, have the confidence to move forward in in developments. Um, you know, on the flip side of that, we see, you know, uh, Russia, you know, occupying effectively, uh, occupying and stealing a nuclear power plant from Ukraine. I know many were concerned that, you know, the plant would be attacked and, and, and there would be, you know, release of radiation as a result. But now you've you've actually seen the Russians literally take the plant over and 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 operate it, you know, for their own own behalf. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, war is a uh, is never a good thing, uh, I think. But on on net uh, net basis, though, it's really uh, highlighted the energy independence issues and been a positive for uh, for nuclear and uranium so far. So. Again, I think we've uh, we've gone through a lot of years where there's been a lot of pessimistic winds blowing. I think a lot of, uh, of the stories, if I look at the press clippings on nuclear energy and uranium today, they're probably 98% favorable to 2% negative. And that's quite a switch from, say, 10 years ago. Right, right. And and again, just to double back on your balance sheet, we've got how much cash and how much cash equivalent if you will uh, yeah um the exact figures of the cash uh, is changing all the time we're trying to sure. minimize the cash and hold cash as um as uranium or right. equities uh so um you know cash is probably under 10 million but you know again that's 140 million in liquid assets 140 in million total. in liquid and what's what's roughly your u.s market cap at this point scott yeah, so our, our current market cap has suffered a bit. We were the number one, the best performing uranium or best performing royalty stock in the world last year, um, uh, almost a 2%, uh, 200% uh, gain over the course of the year. We've given back about, I'd say, 34, 35% this year, but we're still at a US dollar market cap of 230 million. I think at our peak, we were nearing half a billion. So Again, that's discouraging to see us down uh, on the year, but it also reflects that uh, we're probably trading at a significant discount to our net asset value. And it's probably a good entry point. You think? I'm just people could probably hear me chuckling in the background because if they get 140 million dollars in, you know, a, you know, marketable uh, securities or cash or however you want to put it, and mm. a market cap that's not even twice that. Yeah, uh, in an industry where the fundamentals are this dynamic. I oh gosh. Okay, Scott. Um, where can people go to learn more about Uranium Royalty Corp? This is research a symbol, Uroy, and then what? Go to your website. Yeah, Uroy is the ticker symbol on the NASDAQ. Um, uraniumroyalty.com is our website. Uh, I encourage you to go there. Also, while while you're researching, look at Uranium Energy Corp, which was one of the co-founders of Uranium Royalty. Uh, that's probably to me the most exciting pure uranium developer investment in the world today. It's the fastest growing uranium company globally, focused on Texas, Wyoming, Saskatchewan. Take a look at that at uraniumenergy.com. They're traded on the New York Stock Exchange under UEC. Yep. And if you want to learn more about just the nuclear energy story, go to the World Nuclear Association 
uh, out of London or the NEI, Nuclear Energy Institute, NEI.org, which is the US trade in, uh, or, and you can learn about not only the 65 reactors uh, we've added to the grid globally in the last nine years, but the 60 more that are under construction and a whole host, perhaps hundreds of small modular and advanced reactors that are now in early stages of development and deployment. So take a deeper dive. I think the more you look at the uranium fundamentals, the better it gets. So uh, should be a good 2023. That's exactly right. And for anybody that's kind of new to the story or wondering why, you know, a guy like Rick Rule would be so excited about the sector, I think you just laid it out right there, Scott, just fantastic stuff. And I'm, uh, I own you, Roy, like I said, I own UEC. Those are the two I own. And um, I'm very excited to see where they go next year. I'm very excited to see where your company goes, Scott. And I'm very excited. Hopefully we can keep in touch and you can provide another update once we uh, get a little ways into 2023. Well, Craig, it's my my pleasure. And I was happy to come on the show and uh, yeah, looking for uh, a good year for our resource investors, just even more broadly beyond uranium and copper, gold, everything, silver, everything else. Uh, the world uh, runs on commodities. So uh, if we've been struggling a bit, it's only a matter of time on, on these other commodities as well. So uh, hang in there. That's for sure. All right. Well, best of luck to you next year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. All that stuff, Scott. Craig, thank you. Take care. And from all of us at TFMR, thanks for listening. We look forward to a big year in 2023, not just in the precious metals, but in uranium too.